This is the 92nd episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze this past week. It was 16 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Let's get into it. Fox News. The DeSantis debate dud, the death of Henry Kissinger, and more misery from Israel-Palestine. This first clip is a series of much longer segments about the death of Henry Kissinger. And this is something. Kissinger has died. Uh, if you could do Henry Kissinger, if you could do, <laughs> you know, I, I can't do I can't do it, Sean. He's just a giant of a man, heart of gold, brilliant mind uh, to the very end. He had a share of enemies and detractors uh, for a lot of reasons, most of it having to do with Vietnam. Liberals called him a war criminal, claiming he had coddled right-wing dictators and was culpable in the assassination of two Chilean officials, charges Kissinger denied. Agitators continued hounding Kissinger as at this Senate Armed Services Committee hearing in early 2015. And Griff, I was reading some stories about him. Uh, he was called the, the West Wing Playboy. Before his second marriage, he dated Those actress the days. Jill St. John, Shirley MacLaine. He right. dated Marlo Thomas and Candace Bergen and Liv Ullman. And yeah. then Nixon set him up with Zsa Zsa Gabor at a state <laughs> dinner. And he drove her home in Nixon's car in his sedan. And he said, can I come in for a drink? And she said, sure. And he went in for a kiss. And that's when his beeper went off. He really was, though, this uh, uh, playboy. He liked <clears throat> that image of being a playboy. I met him on a couple of occasions. He right. had no idea who I was. But he was a fan. And he watched a lot of Fox News. And at the time, that I was a correspondent for Greta Van Susteren. Right. I'll never forget, he came up to me at a, a military service gala and said, how's Greta? <laughs> Greta and the Gabors. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He said, power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. Uh, he was right. right about that. A genre of time. Henry Kissinger was on this program. And back in those days, we had some crazy Fox and Friends merchandise. And uh, we gave him a bathrobe that had the Fox and Friends logo on it, and we gave him soap on a rope. And he had never seen soap on a rope before. And he goes, what, how, how does this work? And I said, well, you know, our merchandise is based with uh, what people are doing as they watch our show. People are wearing bathrobes, having showers, Getting stuff dressed. like that. He could not be more thrilled that he got soap on a rope. Right. But uh, the news had just broken that Henry Kissinger was not deep throat. And uh, you know what? He was relieved. So yeah, those that I curated that montage uh, from several segments about the death of Henry Kissinger over every show I watched, and just wow, soap on a rope, soap on a rope. Uh, you know how bizarre. I mean, that's how strange it was. Like they even had to acknowledge, yeah, this guy was a pretty nasty dude, but you know, hey, he was a ladies' man, which is another. It's a nice way of saying womanizer. And then, and uh, yeah, he liked this soap on her. He was so quirky. And that was Brett Baer trying to do the impression of him. And Hannity said he had a heart of gold. And I'm like, in what way? In what way would this man have a heart of gold? So this is the scenario where I can picture Henry Kissinger with a heart of gold. A demon comes up from Earth. At, you know, the bowels of the Earth comes up approaches Henry Kissinger at some point in his life and says, I, I, I'm a demon and I speak with the same weird accent that you do and I will give you this gold heart. It will make you live to a hundred years old and you will somehow escape your crimes. And Henry Kissinger's like, yeah, let's do this. That's it. That's the only scenario I see him having a heart of gold. That's it. I do think it's funny though that like womanizer is now like a compliment and that's all they could They couldn't say anything. He was a great statesman. He was so bright. He kept writing books. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. He was still writing books. So last week, Fox News hosts did their best to hype up a debate between a faltering Republican presidential candidate and a popular Democratic governor while whitewashing the many sins of the late Henry Kissinger and providing horribly biased coverage of the Israel-Hamas war. 
The network also ignored a severe winter storm in Ukraine, a stronger-than-expected Black Friday shopping weekend, and a new revision that showed even greater growth for the U.S. economy. As always, Fox pushed the narrative that President Biden was a doddering old fool, wrecked with advanced dementia, who would destroy the country and ultimately the world. And I just want to add very quickly that that's exactly how they talk about Joe Biden. It's not, he's not a good president, he's too old. They always say he's too old. That's a common one, common refrain. But they go straight to, he's not just bad for the country, he's about to destroy all of humanity. They go all the way to, he's just so old and out of it that he's going to like accidentally press the nuclear button or he's going to get in a fight with, you know, Xi Jinping or something's going to happen in Taiwan and the next thing you know, the nukes are flying. That's literally how they talk. So I'm going to start with the uh, shows that I covered last week were Fox and Friends, The Five, and Hannity. And the first uh, section is the war criminal, Henry Kissinger, finally died. So Henry Kissinger, diplomat, political scientist, geopolitical consultant, and politician, died at the age of 100. Many of his critics also described him as an immoral war criminal who cared little for human life or suffering. So here's a brief overview. Now, I will say, I will preface now. I'm probably going to mispronounce a couple of names here. I tried my best. I was practicing them earlier. There's a lot in this little section. This is a brief overview of Kissinger's bloody foreign policy decisions. And I'm not an expert in foreign policy. I got this from a number of different sources. Um, I was pretty much familiar with most of these, except for a couple. So here we go. Vietnam. Kissinger served as Secretary of State and National Security Advisor during the Nixon and Ford administration, while the U.S. was engaged in the Vietnam War. Some of Kissinger's detractors have said that he needlessly prolonged the war by as much as four years, resulting in the death of countless American soldiers, as well as Vietnamese soldiers and civilians. Cambodia. During the Vietnam War, Kissinger ordered illegal secret bombings of neutral Cambodia in an effort to flush out Viet Cong forces in the eastern part of the country. Congress and the American public were unaware of these covert operations. According to reporting by the BBC, Ben Kiernan, a historian at Yale University and a leading scholar on Cambodia, has estimated that around 500,000 tons of U.S. bombs were dropped on Cambodia between 1969 and 1973. The loss of life from the U.S. aerial attacks were estimated at 50,000 to 100,000 people. U.S. aggression emboldened the Pol Pot-led uh, Pot Khmer Rouge regime, which ultimately engaged in a genocide that resulted in the deaths of 1.7 million people, or around one quarter of the entire population of Cambodia. Chile. Kissinger worked with the Nixon administration to help destabilize Chile after the election of Salvador Allende, a socialist who attempted to nationalize copper mines and provide free health care and education to his nation's poorest citizens. Allende was killed during a violent coup led by General Augusto Pinochet, who ruled the country with an iron fist. Kissinger denied any direct involvement or knowledge of the bloody coup, but declassified documents later showed that he and Nixon had branded Allende a dangerous communist and helped lay the foundation for his overthrow. According to reporting by The Independent, the Chilean government later found Around 40,000 people were killed, tortured, or imprisoned on political charges during Pinochet's regime. Argentina? Kissinger sent U.S. support to the military junta of General Jorge Rafael Vieda after he overthrew President Isabel Perón, according to State Department cables. This led to the dirty war between 1976 and 1983, where the military ruler disappeared 10,000 to 30,000 citizens. Both Pinochet and Vaida were known to toss political prisoners out of helicopters. Vaida was later convicted of torture, kidnapping, and murder and died in prison in 2013. East Timor. Kissinger has also been accused of playing a role in the civil war in East Timor that left as many as 200,000 people dead. Kissinger denied any involvement with the war, but documents that were declassified in 2001 showed that Kissinger and Ford encouraged 
the Indonesian dictator Shaharto to invade East Timor. Bangladesh. Kissinger and Nixon backed by backed a military government in what was then West Pakistan in its genocide of the Bengali population. Independent researchers put the death toll between 300,000 and 500,000 people, while Bangladeshi officials place it as high as 5 million. That's a lot. That's a lot of death. That's a lot of death and destruction. I've heard people summarize his death toll as high as 3 million. Obviously, it could be even higher if the Bangladesh officials are correct. So a lot of death and destruction. And I would say that most Americans had no idea any of this was going on. Nowadays, it would be, it would be much harder to get away with some of this because open source um, data nerds, would they collect everything. People are looking at everything all the time. So it's much harder to pull off a large covert military action without somebody finding out about it because there's satellites, there's all kinds of stuff going on. But still, just horrible, horrible, horrible legacy. I, I don't even... Oh, and this is Dana Perino on The Five um, from Thursday making an absolutely bizarre argument about Kissinger and his critics. I'm just going to let this one sit. Boy, it's a doozy. And he had a very consequential life. He made some decisions or advised on some decisions that, for example, Cambodia, that if you look at the Rolling Stone, they will say, here are all the reasons why he's a war criminal. He had critics throughout his life. What I love about him is that he didn't let that define him. He didn't let that hold him back from making decisions and having a big life. He was still, up until about six months ago, writing books about consequential leaders of the world. That's an excellent book, by the way. I think you would actually really like that one as well. He wrote about artificial intelligence. He was writing about the things that we need to worry about for the next 40 years because he loved this world. He wanted to do the best for the most people that he possibly could. He said something very interesting, and I would say this to the critics. Many of the critics, by the way, he outlived them. So there would probably be more today. That's so uh, one, of the, one of the writers that is a correspondent who contributed to the New York Times obituary died 13 years ago okay so she sort of seemed to realize that this was a bad path to go down as she was saying it i saw something in like the back of her eyes it was kind of like what am i what am i arguing here because what she's basically saying is if you live long enough who cares he outlived his critics who cares if millions of people died all over the world because of his policies and his decisions of not giving a crap about human life. Who cares? Hey, you know, he wrote books and he lived. He existed. So therefore, good for him. Like her argument would make sense if he started a company and he had detractors saying, oh, you're never going to make money. And then, you know, 30 years later, here he was a billionaire and his detractors were not. That, that argument makes sense. But when you talk about like your moral compass of like, how you treated humanity arguing that you lived longer no that doesn't absolve you of anything it just means that he for whatever reason lucked out and survived to 100 that's it i don't want to be mean so i'm not going to mention any other people in the political realm that people have wondered really you're still here okay okay i will say this rosalind carter lovely human being lived to 96 Jimmy Carter, also lovely human being, 99. It's random. How about that? We just accept that life expectancy and the goodness of a human being is completely random. They don't correlate. There you go. <laughs> so I don't want to be mean and trash anybody, but I'm just going to, you know, you know what I'm talking. You know, probably know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to say their names. I'm just not. I have to watch toxic news all day long. <laughs> so I don't want to. I don't want to add to it. Okay, so this next section is fun because it is the DeSantis Newsom showdown. Whew. So Sean Hannity, and for this, I have bonus clips that are only on the podcast that will not be in the newsletter because they don't translate well to the newsletter because they're too soundbite quick. They're like montages of quick soundbites, and that's just, it doesn't work in written form. Um, so Sean Hannity dedicated nearly two hours of airtime to a debate between Governor Ron DeSantis 
and Governor Gavin Newsom. I say nearly two hours because part of it was like a commentary at the end. The whole thing, I think, was supposed to be an hour with a half hour of commentary. Because when I queued up my DVR situation to, to capture it, it said it gave me a warning it was going to be an hour, hour and a half. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Okay. And then they just kept going. And it went for the full two hours. So, again, it was supposed to be this showdown between red state and blue state government policies. And it turned into a double team matchup of Hannity helping DeSantis verbally battle against a much more skilled opponent. While DeSantis repeated himself and made strange facial expressions, Newsom came prepared with well-researched talking points and a charm offensive. Hannity didn't so much ask questions as he made short speeches, some as long as two minutes, yes, I timed them, then asked either candidate, what do you think? So he would go on like a little mini diatribe that was very obvious how he wanted you to answer and then say, what do you think? So Hannity's remarks and questions, cannot make this up, took up 24 minutes of the total debate, which was roughly an hour and 21 minutes long without commercials or commentary. So that's a very large section of Hannity going on these mini monologues of like, so the U.S. economy is blah, 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 blah. Two minutes later, what do you think? Okay. Even the staging of the event was meant to create a false reality as the two men were stationed at lecterns that were at least, at least 30 feet apart with no straightforward shot that would indicate DeSantis' average height compared to the towering Newsom. When the governors were featured in a side-by-side comparison on screen, their heights were artificially equalized. Height, of course, shouldn't matter in politics, but American voters have a known preference for taller candidates, at least in presidential elections, which is totally stupid, but it's true. SNL did this very funny sketch where they showed like stupid people going, I'm stupid and I vote. And one of them was like, hey, that guy's tall. I'll vote for him. Anyway, so this one is doing gangbusters on social media. It's doing okay on um, Twitter. It's doing crazy on Instagram. And yes, you, my Instagram account, I don't post that much. I kind of just do select videos for Instagram. It's also called Decoding Fox News. What makes Instagram entertaining are the comments because people fight with each other in the comments. And so I highly recommend just reading through the comments on my Instagram because they're amusing. So this is Tammy Bruce. And the comments I keep getting about this clip pretty much in every place I posted is, who is this woman? Tammy Bruce used to work with the National Organization for Women. She used to be a feminist. She's a, I've seen conflicting if she's bisexual or a lesbian. Um, but she's LGBT, she's in the LGBTQ spectrum. I'll just say that. Um, she, you know, very kind of average looking woman. She's got a very distinctive voice. She's from California, which blew my mind because she sounds Tammy Bruce, very worked up, sounds very Midwestern, but is not. That's what cracked me up about her. Anyway, um, and she has like a radio show and Hannity loves her. He has her on all the time. She sub-hosted for him. She sometimes appears on Fox, but pretty much it's just her and Hannity. They have like a a thing. He just adores her. So this is Tammy Bruce talking about Gavin Newsom. And I just thought this and the debate. And especially with Gavin Newsom showing the American people that's the old way. This kind of slick, smarmy, smug smile guy who doesn't who speaks like Kamala Harris in word salads. There's a lot of things you could criticize um, Newsom for. A lot. He's a politician. They're all flawed. They all have problems. They all have blind spots, weaknesses. Yes. Saying he's a poor speaker, though, no. That's like saying Barack Obama's a poor speaker. It's just not going to fly. Word salad, no. So I just collected um, a curated, curated, darling, I curated them, my favorite clips from the debate and just stuck them, just stuck them in a nice little train of thought here. I'm just going to let Mr. Newsom speak for himself. Again, flawed individual. Uh, Some people can't stand him in California. Some people love him. But he's a very, very, very good speaker, and he's excellent at debates. California has no peers. Uh, California dominates. Sizable 21-state 
populations combined. It's the fifth largest economy in the world. We dominate, number one manufacturing state. We dominate in two-way trade and research and development, uh, access to innovation, more scientists, more researchers, more engineers, more Nobel laureates in the state of California than any other state in the nation, the finest system of higher education. It's the birthplace of life science and biotech and nanotechnology. We dominate in green tech. We dominate in high tech. We dominate in artificial intelligence. So with respect, I think it's an interesting campaign strategy for Ron DeSantis to be bashing a state of 40 million Americans when California simply has no peers. That one was so great because, again, you may not agree with everything he said there, but it was locked and loaded, polished, ready to go. Bam. Love it. Okay. This next one was about abortion. He starts off. This is just masterful politician. Again, you may hate him. You may hate his policies, but he's good at this part of being a politician, of the, the speaking part, the selling part, the pitching part. He's a glory to watch. So this one, he starts off straight into the camera, goes, turns, looks right at DeSantis, addresses DeSantis, completely takes this over. Ron DeSantis signed the most extreme anti-abortion bills in America. He signed a bill banning any exceptions for rape and incest. And then he said it didn't go far enough and decided to sign a six-week ban before women even know they're pregnant, Ron, before women can even access a doctor's appointment. So extreme is your ban that criminalizes women and criminalizes doctors that even Donald Trump said it was too extreme. And this is where the shellacking begins, because... Um, the masterful politician that he is, Newsom, takes control of the debate, wretches it from Hannity, someone who's been on television forever, takes the control away, dominates this next exchange, turns right to DeSantis and goes straight for his throat. Conversation. Will you or will you not support you, you didn't a national answer, Sean. Why didn't you? Why will didn't you, you answer or will you question? not support why didn't a you national support? ban if why? it lands on your desk? You couldn't answer that in any other context. Okay, answer gentlemen, it it's a we're simple moving yes, on no. to By the, the next way, issue. Hey, no, Sean, not a you next never issue. Gave a week. The American people should know this. I'll answer it for Ron DeSantis. Can't answer it. He will sign that extreme okay, six-week Okay, let me move on. Ban. The American I, people should know that. And scene. It was amazing. He was basically like, you're going to answer this question. I don't care. Okay, you're not answering this question. Pivot straight to the camera. Looks right dead down that lens and says the American people need to know this. He's going to sign that six-week ban. And then as Hannity tries to get control back, he shouts right over Hannity and just repeats himself. And I was like, yes! I'm sitting here in my tiny apartment with my two cats. And I'm on my phone while I was watching, while my, my computer's capturing this, like, watching everybody on Twitter go nuts. And I'm like, oh my, this is wow. Because again, I don't think Newsom's some sort of perfect governor. I don't agree with everything he's done, all of his policies, no. But when it comes to a debate, this is where he is just chef's kiss strongest. And I knew it because I'd seen him debate with Hannity and he was mopping the floor with Hannity. So I knew this was gonna be a complete shellacking. Now, these next three are quick zingers, but they're all very well. I mean, he probably planned this, but he doesn't sound like he planned it. He's that good. On this, Nikki Haley's campaign is asking, when are you going to drop out and at least give Nikki Haley a shot to take down Donald Trump in this nomination? You're trolling folks and trying to find migrants to play political games to try to get some news and attention so you can out-Trump Trump. And by the way, how's that going for you, Ron? You're down 41 points in your own home state that we have in common is neither of us will be the nominee for our party in 2024. And bam. I just love that. That was so much fun. Oh, it was fun to watch that. And uh, then it was even more humorous to watch everybody on Fox act like DeSantis mopped the floor with Newsom because I was like, I don't know what debate you just watched. But that was clearly not what was going on at all. Now, the next clip I want to play for you, um, this I'm going to play two very quickly because, again, I didn't put them in the newsletter because they don't translate well because they're they're like montages cut up of small segments. It works in audio, doesn't work in print because it's hard to follow it. So this first one is just my kind of encapsulation of Sean Hannity asking these crazy questions he asked. I couldn't I wanted to include like just one question, but I, they were they were so long 
it just it would just kind of throw it and be like why are you playing this like one solid minute of him asking a boring question to basically giving a speech so this is just a snippet like a montage of his questions okay i'm now the longest running primetime cable host in the history of cable news however tonight i will be moderating this debate i will not be part of the debate Great opening statement, but <laughs> didn't it did not address the question. It, it I didn't mean, I address think... the issue. Can you explain this migration? Coming to California the other way around the last two years. But let's talk about crime. Wait, 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 you talk... but, so, but, oh, but, Governor, but, hold, hold I on. Think this Governor, is... wait a minute. I think hold on important. a second. He's been you, said you, a lot of things that were from the state of Florida, pay does. more than I'm at, in our I, state I, of I didn't California. Ask about we're, we're spinning. We, governor, he is governor, 30. Yeah, but but here's let me ask. Let me ask the question. Let me ask the question. Let me ask the question. Honor the question of jobs. I think it's important. You know what? That affects. By the way, that, way, that affects. Oh, Biden paying you tonight. 3.9 percent. I thought this was state versus state. But it's about the United States of America. I thought this guy was running for president of the United States. You are too. You just wanted. You're running for a third term. You just won't. Admit it. You will not admit it. Term. I don't want to be a hall monitor. It's not my style. All right. Uh, you forbid. By the way, do you see this that risk, the, Governor Newsom? Hold on. Hold Governor, on. I mean, do, you see, do you see the risk? Joe Biden put out not only a comprehensive plan, he consistently puts up plans. I hold understand. on, no, but Sean, is there, let me, is no, there no, a let risk? Me, I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer your question. I, I support. That happened under Joe Biden. I don't think it's going to happen. We put a next detailed year. plan, and but, Republicans but in Congress go, refused on. to act on it. Let me finish my Congress to work with this administration. With all of the Put before the, the break. plan up to address oh. Does it the worry? anxiety. Let me, let me ask security. the question another way. Concern you at all? The why, why else aspect. would I have put the, the answer is yes. Why else would I it put does. the national guard? Um, I don't want to be the hall monitor. Yeah, I'm, you, wait, you I got to. But, but hold on, Governor. No, no. The, I got to follow up. Question. You brought up Jacksonville, Florida. Governor San Francisco is 100. Are the book banning issues? Is that not a state issue? Is that a state issue or a local issue? Local. And he's talking about national ban. Let's talk about your state. You that. He's getting saved. You had 15 weeks. Fundamental question. You had a fifth of lightning round. It would be great if you guys cooperated. I'm not a potted plant. Here, um, you are a potted plant, Sean Hannity. You are. Here's the thing I, where's my wine? I don't drink. How dare you say that? Where are my dogs? Oh my god, you know who I'm doing. I don't need to say it. I just figured I'd throw it in here at this part of the god, the podcast. Ugh, yeah, now here's another thing. Okay, I started this is a true story. She uses the phrase, and here's the thing, like all the time. I'm starting to say it. That's scary, isn't it? It's a little scary. I've, I've noticed it. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up mannerisms from Judge Jeanine Pirro. Watch out. Okay, this next one, uh, briefly, I, I just wanted to play that clip because you can hear how Hannity was like talking over, badgering, assisting DeSantis he gave uh he he basically helped DeSantis get out of that book burning or book banning thing where he said hey uh hey uh DeSantis isn't that a local issue and DeSantis is like yeah it's a local issue and then boom he's just like this is a joke that's that's not a debate it's like you're just totally completely helping one side and he still didn't win okay so this next one is just the one talking point that DeSantis had that he was going to ride into the sun. Here's what I would say. I, I talked to a lot of the people that have moved from California to Florida, and we never used to get people from California to Florida or really anywhere in the East Coast. Why would you leave California? It's got the best weather, run, great run natural twice. forces. Excuse me, yeah, sir. Well, I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he was really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, you know, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we Gavin can't say the opposite. More people are leaving California than are moving into More California. Let me, let me, let me bring up. How many people leave Florida to go to California because they pay less taxes? Uh, people are leaving California in droves largely because public safety has collapsed. So, so that's just a lie, another lie that's coming up. But here's the thing. People are leaving California in droves because he has failed to stand up for public safety. Yeah, and the are. results speak for themselves. People are leaving the state because they have failed in addressing the homeless population. I do well, believe California has more natural advantages than any state in the country, um, which is why when you have so many people leaving on net, you know, that's hard to do. Like, people don't want to leave there because it really is such a beautiful area. Now, I looked at the numbers. Um... And the migration out of California is a bit of a myth. It did happen during the pandemic, but people were moving like 
all over the country during the pandemic for so many reasons. It's since slowed down considerably, and there's migration in the other direction, which is what um, Newsom was trying to get across. It's still that California loses some people, but it's tiny. It's a tiny amount because California is 39 million people. So that's a huge state. So if you lose, you know, I, I don't remember the exact number is because it, it doesn't really matter, but it's a tiny, tiny percentage of the total population. And um, I think with remote work and where families are, and I also think some of the Florida stuff is just people getting old, like the boomers, it's a huge population. It's a huge generation. And that's where they go. Not, <laughs> not all of them, but I mean, I'm kind of laughing because my parents would never move to Florida, but my uncle did. He had a place in Florida. Um, anyway, they go to spring training. Go cards, go cards. Anyway, so... I should do my commercial very quickly before I move into the next because we're moving a totally new topic, which also this one, I was I was sitting here watching this clip in real time and I started cheering. <laughs> so these are some fun clips. I, I was like, oh my goodness, yes, say it, say it out loud. So I'm building this up a little bit. But who is my sponsor, you may ask? Well, my sponsor are the, I do not have a large donor. I do not have advertisers. I do not have a sponsor that just gives me money. I am supported for Decoding Fox News 100% from listeners of this podcast and readers of my Substack channel. If you would like to become a paid subscriber, you can go to my Substack channel at Decoding Fox News. You can go to my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. If you are a paid supporter on either one of those platforms, you will get exclusive content. That content changes from time to time, but you get exclusive content that only paid subscribers and paid supporters get. Also, if you cannot afford to become a paid subscriber, that's wonderful. I totally get it. Uh, share the podcast with your friends. Share the newsletter with, with friends. Give me a good review. I saw that I had 200 on Apple Podcasts. I was shocked by that. I visibly cried in the Apple store because I didn't even know it was that high. So moving on to the next section. This was just, wow. This was, I literally was like applauding. That's all I got to say. I was applauding this. Now, this is about Israel-Hamas, uh, which is a delicate, horrible topic that I don't even like discussing because people get angry no matter what you say. But this was a rare moment when somebody on Fox News criticized Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel. And I think this is a very fair criticism. So this is Jessica Tarloff on The Five and um, on Tuesday. This is from Tuesday. To know how you think about this, but... It's incomprehensible to me to, to blame Joe Biden for this. I mean, if you want to talk about a world leader who turned their back on a pressing concern about what's going on in the Middle East, let's talk about Bibi Netanyahu and that he spent the eight, nine months before this attack happened having to send troops to the other side of the country because he wanted to overhaul the judiciary to keep him in office forever and completely gut their version of the Supreme Court. Over 80% of Israelis have a negative view of him. People in his own administration have taken responsibility saying we ignored signs, mm -hmm. whether it's the report from Egypt or the fact that it will take you a couple years to build up what Hamas has managed but, to do. So Joe Biden, his standing on the world stage in terms of what world leaders think of him is up, what people in other countries think is up. And I think it's dereliction of duty, this narrative that's going on in the media and, in, and certainly in the liberal media where they just want to crap on him. Because if you look at like the morning console poll, the first poll taken since the ceasefire began came out, first major poll, Biden's up four points and is now up one over Trump. There was a YouGov poll out last week that had Biden up over Trump. The New York Times Santa poll, which we gave its due and we talked about the fact that Biden was down and he was losing the swing states in the crosstabs. And the New York Times didn't even cover this part of it. The crosstabs revealed that if Trump is convicted of anything and he has 91 counts that he's facing, he loses by 10 points and he loses every single <laughs> swing state. Got to do so you can probably see why I was cheering at that one. Um, the Joe Biden stuff was great, um, but it was more about the fact that somebody on Fox News, not just somebody in the media, because plenty of people criticize Netanyahu. I think he deserves plenty of criticism for many, many reasons. Um, I think what she said was very accurate there. He totally had his eye off the ball uh, in regards to this situation with Hamas and the horrible events on October 7th, all of it. 
um, terrible. His coalition is made up of extremists. There's just a lot going on there. It, what she said is accurate. Israelis don't like him. They're not happy with him right now. They blame him for what happened in poll after poll. They continue to blame him for what happened. So I just thought that was great because Fox viewers tend to get a very warped version of this conflict that I don't think is really helping anybody. Because, and I don't want to go down too many rabbit holes with this one, but it, uh, when the war first started, this is what I mean by not helping anybody. They had an Israeli um, person on who knew somebody who was at October 7th, and he was going to talk about his situation. And this man was brilliant. And he, um, Brian Kilmeade started praising Netanyahu, and he said, whoa, 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 and in real time fought back. And I think it's better said, no, 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 no. And he basically kind of said what Tarloff just said. Um, because Fox would not want its viewers to know that Bibi Netanyahu is not popular, which is, why not? It's the truth. He's not. I don't think there's any metric. You could look anywhere on any poll and find Bibi Netanyahu incredibly popular in Israel. That's just not reality. But anyway, uh, I don't want to talk too much about this because, again, I'll just say this. Fox continues to show an incredibly one-sided, heavy-handed bias. They don't really show the war. Uh, they just talk about it almost abstractly and then talk to government officials and then you might see an airstrike or something. It's occasionally like last, a couple weeks ago or last week, um, Trey, it was two weeks ago, Trey Yanks managed to get a very short, it was like two minutes of him talking to Palestinians. And I was shocked because I've never seen that on Fox, like a Fox correspondent talking to Palestinians and showing uh, destroyed buildings and homes and talking to people. And I was like, wow, that's incredibly rare for Fox. So this next clip is Lawrence Jones, who is the newest addition to Fox and Friends, saying something absolutely horrible. Brian, they're doing that while they have people that are within their party that are spewing Hamas talking points, that literally want to get rid of the Jews in this country. So they don't get to come after Donald Trump and call him a racist when you have literally people in their party, which is why the president is adjusting his foreign policy on the matter, um, that are calling for the extermination of Jews. But don't take my word for it. Let's talk with the folks in Georgia. All right. Now, I have no idea what he's talking about, and he never clarified that statement. That's just absurd. Sure, some of the members of the squad are incredibly critical of Israel. Got it. They have a right to be. It's a free country. They have a right to express their opinions and be very pro-Palestine, very anti-Israel. However, most of the Democratic Party is not the squad. Most of the Democratic Party lies somewhere in the middle of being somewhat critical to very critical of Israel and has varying different opinions about Palestine. The highest-ranking um elected official in the history of the United States who's Jewish is Senator Minority Leader Senator Chuck Schumer. Nobody would call him anti-Israel. Um, so, or certainly not anti-Jewish. Now this next one is Brian Kilmeade making a comment about Trump and Hitler. With 97% of stories written about Donald Trump that are negative, he's still beating on the real clear average, and every latest poll over the last six weeks, Lawrence, he's beating Joe Biden uh, by two, three, or four points. Uh, Nikki Haley beats him by 11. Uh, and what their attack plan is, similar to Barack Obama, uh, Mitt Romney, they made him the worst person in the world. What they got to do with Donald Trump and say that he's a fascist, they already called him Hitler, uh, he's going to destroy democracy. So it's not like we're better and you don't want to go back to that, because they don't want you looking at his four years. Well, they want to mischaracterize those past four years, and they want to make him unelectable and say, you're stuck with me. And that's the question right now. Is that, is that going to be enough? Since they've already played the Hitler card, uh, actually in November, are they going to be able to do this for the next 12 months? Hey, Brian Kilmeade. Now, if Donald J. Trump would stop saying things that actual Nazis said, like calling people vermin and immigrants poison, we wouldn't call him Hitler. I'm just saying. I have a feeling, sneaking spidey sense, that he's going to continue to say horrible things. Maybe sometimes even quote Hitler directly. Who knows? <laughs> he might. Anyway, this next one is Judge Jeanine Pirro. This is sort of a um, Generation X boomer joke. You might get it if you're a millennial. 
Uh, this one did gangbusters on Twitter because I recognized it immediately because I'm Gen X. The reference, here you go. He has not sent a strong message. America has basically said, you in Iraq and Syria and your proxies can hit our soldiers whenever you want. We're not going to respond, although I think we did. We blew up a garage or something. And, and now, on Thursday, they apparently sent an intercontinental ballistic missile. If you are a child of the Cold War, which I was, um, you understand immediately an ICBM, which is an intercontinental ballistic missile, is a nuke. <laughs> you got, I looked it up to make sure. I'm like, can you have an ICBM that doesn't have a nuclear warhead on it? Not really. I, they probably exist, but most of them, when I looked it up, were like, not only do they have a warhead on them, they sometimes have several warheads on them. Because when you're hitting what is called a large target, you don't have to be that accurate. And apparently ICBMs are not that accurate, which, boy, that's really, what? Anyway, not so calming to know that. I did not know that. I looked it up. And apparently there's only... Uh, United States, Russia, China, France, India, UK, Israel, and North Korea possess ICBMs. That's it. And there's absolutely no reason why that was so funny to fire an ICBM from Iran to Iraq. And it was a militia. They're not, no, you need a silo for an ICBM. It's like a rocket. It's like a full, huge size, like you're going to the moon because it goes super high up in the atmosphere. So next up, we have stories Fox News ignored. Every week, I compare the hours I've watched on Fox News to five hours of the PBS NewsHour. The following list are stories that PBS covered that Fox News did not. Here we go. Climate disasters. Part of the southern and central Ukraine were hit with a powerful winter Black Sea storm that caused snowdrifts up to six feet and knocked out power to some 2,000 towns. Experts have called it one of the most powerful storms ever recorded in the region. PBS produced a segment about how coastal cities in Southeast Asia, including Bangkok, Jakarta, and Manila, are sinking as sea levels around them are rising due to climate change. Now to the rest of the stories. According to the Pentagon, the Israeli-owned tanker seized last week was attacked by Somali pirates, not rebels from Yemen. A U.S. Navy destroyer rescued the tanker in the Gulf of Aden, and the pirates were put under arrest. Last week, Gunmen in the West African nation of Sierra Leone stormed a military barracks and prison where they killed 20 people. Within hours, the president said calm had returned after the leaders of the group were arrested. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary chose authentic as the word of the year. The word is selected based on the number of searches for the term and its meaning. PBS produced a segment about Nathaniel Pardee, the shortest U.S. Marine on record. Lepardé stands at only 4 feet 7 inches tall. He hopes to eventually become a boot camp drill sergeant. After being trapped for 17 days, 41 miners were rescued from a collapsed mountain tunnel in northern India. Rescuers had to drill and bore through nearly 200 feet of rock to get them through a series of welded pipes. No one was seriously injured. They received food and oxygen through narrow, narrow steel tubes. The National Retail Federation reported a strong Black Friday weekend. Shoppers spent 8% more than they did a year ago, which was well above expectations. The Texas Supreme Court heard arguments in a case brought by a group of 20 women who say they were denied emergency care during their pregnancies due to the state's restrictive abortion laws. This case is the first time since Roe v. Wade was overturned that patients denied an abortion have sued a state. PBS produced a segment about a new federal study. About half of all healthcare workers in the United States reported that they often felt burnt out. Research shows that nurses suffer disproportionately from mental health conditions. The segment focused on how one hospital was trying to increase access to wellness and mental health care for its staff. The remains of five Native Americans were returned to a tribe in Minnesota for more than a century after they were looted from a burial site. The remains sat in a basement in Connecticut until state officials stepped in to return them to the tribe. PBS produced a segment about the increased popularity of the sport cricket in the United States and the newly formed Major League Cricket League. Most of the interest for the sport comes from immigrants from South Asian countries that were once part of the British Empire, where the sport is popular. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York, the highest-ranking Jewish elected official in U.S. history, 
gave an impassioned speech on the Senate floor about anti-Semitism. He cited centuries of hatred and violence towards Jews. He also published an op-ed in the New York Times where he called the rise of anti-Semitism a five-alarm fire. I would sadly agree with uh, Senator Schumer. Terrible. The CDC reported that life expectancy in the U.S. jumped by more than one year. A child born in 2022 could expect to live 77 years and six months, which is still short of the 79 years those born in 2019 before the pandemic. The Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development said that the global economy could slow down next year. The organization cited wars, inflation, and interest rates as the reasons for slower growth. The U.S. economy is expanding faster than expected. The growth rate for the U.S. economy in the third quarter was revised up to 5.2% annual rate. Most experts expect growth to slow in the fourth quarter. A federal judge ruled that Georgia's current congressional districts dilute the power of black voters. State lawmakers have until December 8th to redraw a map that compiles with the Federal Voting Rights Act. A New York appeals court has reinstated the gag order on Donald J. Trump in the civil fraud trial involving the former president and his company. The social media company Meta has eliminated nearly 4,800 fake Facebook accounts, which were designed to sow political division in the United States. They were meant to look like they were created by American citizens, but originated in China. The Supreme Court in Russia banned what it called the international LGBTQ movement as part of a long-running effort to crack down on gay, lesbian, and transgender rights. Human rights activists have said it basically outlaws LGBTQ activism in the country. Saudi Arabia and other oil-producing states have made new attempts to reduce oil production to help increase prices. OPEC Plus also announced that Brazil will join the alliance in January. The Commerce Department reported that consumer prices were unchanged from September to October. Year-over-year prices were up 3%, the slowest pace in two and a half years. The Labor Department said the number of people collecting jobless benefits hit a two-year high in mid-November at nearly 2 million. Hawaii became the ninth state to start requiring public and charter schools to provide free menstrual products to students. A federal appeals panel ruled that the January 6th related lawsuits filed against former President Donald J. Trump can move forward. The former president could ask the full appeals court to rule or go directly to the Supreme Court. Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer convicted of murdering George Floyd, was stabbed 22 times by another inmate in federal prison. The suspect has been charged with attempted murder. Ukraine's spy agency has reported it reached deep into Russia, destroying two fuel tanker trains in Siberia. The attacks targeted a key Russian supply route with China. They followed Russian missile strikes in the Donetsk region of Ukraine, which killed two people and destroyed apartment buildings. Alexei Navalny, a jailed Russian opposition leader, is facing new criminal charges. He's currently serving more than 30 years for various crimes, all of which he denies. Russian-American journalist Aslu Kremesheva will stay in a south- southwestern Russia until February. She was arrested in October for failing to register as a foreign agent. She works for Radio Free Europe slash Radio Liberty, which is funded by the U.S. government. A new regulation by the Biden administration might make it harder for Americans to get the full $7,500 tax credit for buying electric vehicles. The new rule reduces the credit for cars that have batteries with Chinese-made materials. And that is all the stories, a whole heck of a lot of them. Going to fly through the end so this doesn't get too long. By the numbers, top five topics on Fox News, which I compare to the PBS NewsHour. So we're going to start with Fox. 24% DeSantis-Newsom debate. 16% Israel-Hamas war. 10% Biden bashing. That's just general uh, bashing of the president. 6% Henry Kissinger memorials. And 5% Hunter Biden's back. More nonsense about Hunter Biden. PBS. Top five topics. Here we go. Israel Hamas war, 18%. Artist profile, which is a regular segment on the network. Three Palestinians shot in Vermont, 7%. Fox did mention that, only barely, but they did mention it. Sandra Day O'Connor Memorial, 5%. Fox also mentioned that. 
and the UN Climate Conference, or COP28, also mentioned on Fox, but just barely. So next, we've got words used on Fox for the week ending December 3rd, 2023. Biden at 355, Israel 288, Hamas at 215, Newsom 181, DeSantis 146, Debate 111, Trump 107, that's a big drop, Border 106, China back in the back in the game here at 105, Gaza 94, Hunter also back in the game at 85, Crime 71, Iran 40, Inflation 15, Impeachment 10, and AOC made the list, as always, at one. one. One mention, AOC. Thank you so much for listening. I just want to add very quickly before I wrap it up, uh, some people were asking if I had an Amazon wish list. I just started one. It's basically office products, some snacks for the office, which is my apartment. They are like, like office snacks. I thought it would be kind of funny to do that because I'd also put cat food on it because that's my life. That's my life right there. Those are my major expenses. And it's stuff like... You know, notepads and pens and paper, goofy stuff. If you want to help out, that's one way you can do it. Everything's like about 20 bucks except for one item, which I'm probably going to buy myself. It's just kind of a reminder to buy it. Um, and again, if you want to become a paid subscriber, you can go to my Substack for Decoding Fox News. You can go to my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. Uh, you can tell your friends about the podcast. Tell them about the newsletter. And my beautiful, wonderful podcast mascots, Odin and Thor, also send their love. I will see you at the next podcast. Trump has an event tomorrow on Hannity, so you'll probably see one of my annotated edits. They take a couple hours to put together. Thank you so much. I'll see you at the next podcast.